Drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! Drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid, what's going on, everybody? I'm back here with Grifka. Grifka, what up? Hey, man. This is uh, week three. It's the uh, it's the dress rehearsal for the uh, for the regular season. So uh, I'm getting pretty stoked about this game. Yeah, man. I'm really excited to talk about this one. Uh, on our last episode, we just we just killed the Lions because they looked bad. I said they were terrible. Uh, you know, we just didn't have much good to say at all. But um, I'm a big fan of the Tampa Bay Bucks, actually. A lot of skill players. I like their defense. I think it will be a good test. I like they're on national TV and a whole bunch of other things that we'll talk about. So we're going to talk to the Kool-Aid drinkers out there about what to look for, maybe some expectations we hopefully have. And uh, we sure hope that after this game, we'll have a lot better things to say and a lot better – handle on this team and what we're heading towards when me and you will be there for Monday night football. So um, let's dive right in, man. What do you think? This game is, it's pretty big to, I think one thing is a lot of people are, you know, you know, it's everybody saying to us, it's preseason, you know, don't, you know, you know, worry about it. This team's going to be, you know, good. I know Taylor Decker, you know, after the last, you know, preseason game said the offensive line is going to be fine. It's improving. Um, so I'm really looking forward to the offensive line actually showing me that they can block somebody, you know, open up some holes for some running backs. I'm, I, I would really like to see it. I, I know TJ Lang, I haven't seen him yet in a preseason game. I know he's one of those, you know, established veterans that's been around for a while. And you always hear those guys don't need a whole lot of prep time, but still it would be nice to see him in there and um, get some snaps. I more so than, you know, just, you know, regular, you know, practice snaps, you know, seeing some against some other competition and, you know, everybody's kind of like trying to win a spot. So they're uh, going 100% as opposed to, you know, in practice where, you know, you guys are trying, but you're facing the same guys. So you know what you're doing. Nobody's like trying to get hurt in practice. So it would be nice to see that whole offensive line together. So I would really like to see that. I don't know if it's going to happen because everything I'm reading right now is like TJ Lang's just going day to day. But uh, I would like to see that offensive line get some snaps together in the preseason. So when they do go into that Monday night football game against the Jets, it's not the first time all five of them are out there together. Um, also like to see, uh, you know, Matt Stafford stay upright a little more as well, you know, better than his two for five numbers against the Giants. You know, like you said on the last podcast, that last throw, one of those last throws he had, like, it, you know, it looks like his arm, you know, got hit and uh, he came off the field, you know, you know, just kind of shaking out his elbow. And he, he came back in the next series, and Chris Bielman was surprised about it. But, you know, actually see, you know, see Stafford have some time. And I know the uh, book on Stafford is he's not that good if you get pressure on him quickly. So teams tend to blitz him pretty, you know, a lot. But um, that's why you need the offensive line there to get be a cohesive unit so they know the calls, they know what to look for. So I'm looking forward to that. And um, once again, you know, I know we talked about it, maybe less vanilla defense, maybe a little more creativity. But once again, it's the preseason. Maybe Matt Patricia's MO is like, don't show nothing in the preseason. So the defense is just going to go out there, you know, do your standard rush four, not bring anybody, you know, play a strict man, you know, switch it up to zone every once in a while. So um, I'm just looking for a better showing, something to give us a little more hope with this being the dress rehearsal than the last two games where the defense didn't look very good and the offense looked, you know, pretty, you know, pretty bad as well. So I'm not saying they have to go up there and throw 42 points up against Tampa Bay, but at least score some points, you know, give us some hope that this is going to be a different year. So, you know, going into week one, we're not everybody saying, you know, same old Lions. So, uh just hoping, uh, hoping to just see a better showing on both sides of the ball is, is what really I'm looking for. Well, sounds good, Grifka. You, you almost you caught me in between bites of pizza there. So a little peek behind the curtain of the people. I'm here chowing down while I'm listening to you uh, run that down. But I think you had a bunch of great uh, points there. I mean, uh, you know, we really put a lot of resources in this offensive line in the last couple weeks. Uh, man, you know, just have not seemed to protect well. You know, the, the fill-ins for Lang and some other guys that are out there have just been getting rolled over. So I think that will be real important to keep them clean. Uh, the other big part about the offensive line is when's the last time we've opened holes in the run game? I mean, I felt like we saw a few glimpses of that in the first game. 
excuse me, but uh, I think that really got to see that more consistently. And we'd love to see it in this third game of pushing people around. That's what we're supposed to be able to do now. And I mean, this is year two for Ricky Wagner and uh, TJ Lang over there on the right side and they're highly paid. So I really want to see not just great pass protection, but getting some dog in them and really moving, moving them around. So I think he had a good point there. Um, as, as far as what I want to see, like from the, the team in general, I mean, I know injuries are part of the game, but I'd really like to see our starters play a full half, even into the third quarter, because I feel like you don't want to go into that first game of the year, not even playing a half of football or coming off a halftime, you know, and just get out there in the second half, you know, a series or two and get them out. But I'd like to see some points put up from the offense. I like to see being seen like a very good drive. I felt like this preseason where bing, bam, boom, a couple passes in a row really moved the football and put the ball in the paint, you know, put it in the end zone. So from the offensive side, I really like to see that. The defense, like, I think this is going to be a test because, I mean, we'll talk about it a bit later. Everybody that's listening, like, if you're a fantasy football fan, we're going to try to hit you with the last uh, little bit of this podcast with a little bit of fantasy football talk and whatnot. But uh, I know I have Mike Evans in some leagues. I really like his talent. Um, Jameis Winston, even though he's went through some off the field troubles, like I like him as a talent from, uh, you know, just a thrower of the football and just a guy that can, he's a little bit of a gunslinger, but he can make plays and uh Goodwin, one of their receivers supposed to be real good. So they haven't seen much from their new running game with Ronald Jones and whatnot, but I think that this defense will be tested and uh, they got to come up big, man. Like we got to start getting turnovers. We got to start getting pressure on the quarterback. I don't care how you do it. If you have to blitz, if you can get some edge rush, like it's a big year for Ziggy. I don't know how many times we're going to talk about it, Griffka, but he's making 17 million. I don't care if it's preseason or week eight. Like I want to see him pushing that pile forward and getting after the quarterback. Uh, I'll take those sacks anywhere I can get them from that guy. So I really think the defense needs to make some turnovers. They need to get off the field on third downs and they need to have a strong performance as well. And if if they could put it together on both sides of the ball, even for like the first half when a lot of our starters are out there, I'll feel a lot better going into the beginning of the season than I do right now. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I know uh, you named a few guys. I mean, that Tampa Bay has that you feel like are feel strongly about that. They're real talents like Mike Evans, same thing. I'm still not, you know, sold on Jameis Winston. He seems like he's been around and it just seems like he, he gets a lot more pub and hype than, you know, from analysts. And then he really doesn't show it on the field to me. So I don't know how good of a quarterback he is. I I don't think he's that great myself, but uh, the guy seems to make more headlines off field doing things than, than he does on the field. But uh, that's neither here nor there as it comes to this game. But, um, you know, once again, I think Tampa Bay's got, you know, pretty decent defense. Got some playmakers on there. Gerald McCoy, you know, is there. And, um, you know, Tampa Bay's got some pretty decent linebackers as well. So, uh, you know, like you said, just a better showing. Yeah, I really, like you said, I'd really like to just see that offensive line open up some gaping holes that you can always hear. Like, you can drive a Mack truck through that hole. I'd really like to see that as opposed to, you know, the old mantra is just like, you know, know, offensive line needs to open up holes, you know, four feet wide, but your running back needs to get through a hole, you know, a foot wide, you know. So uh, I'm just hoping, like you said. Real quick, real quick, I want to duck in on you, like when you're talking about the holes in the run game. Do you think we'll get a real good look and a better feel for carry on here in game three? Because I feel like he had flashes in game one. I feel like game two, I didn't see much. Would you really like to see him out there? Has he already earned time with the first unit where he when we run out there those first few series with the ones should he be the guy back there and do you think he can uh he can really make the strides that we all think and hope that he can yeah i i believe so because i think um to be honest with you last game i think amir started simply because they're trying to showcase that guy um you know he had he had a good game out in oakland and then they tried to showcase him against the giants and then you know, he obviously, I, I think he took a step back. But, um, like I said, we all, we all know what what Garrett Blunt has. You know, so I think they are. I think Kerryon Johnson, I think he's going to play a lot with the first team to show exactly, you know, what they have. So, you know, Blunt's going to be out there, like, you know, and Kerryon Johnson. But I don't I, – I'd be I'd be very surprised to see if Amir, Amir Abdullah starting again, to, to be honest with you. So, yeah, I think Kerryon's probably um, – I'm, I'm hoping – 
that he gets a lot of carries with that first team to show um, why everybody was so high on him. I feel like well, Garrett Blunt has had like the most consistent preseason so far, which again isn't saying much. But when he's been out there, I've seen a few runs here or there. You know, I know that he's picked up. I think got stuffed on a short yardage, but he's picked up a couple, if I remember correctly. And he's just been like decent which is a good thing but I already feel like he's been passed by where first people were like oh Garrett Blunt he's gonna score touchdowns he's gonna help our run game and now I feel like because people saw glimpses from carry on he's already like second third down the list where um you know I think carry ons are I'd love to see a workhorse back here in Detroit again a guy that just is out there and all downs only needs spell when he's you know needs a breather that type of thing but I think this first year you got to, you paid LeGarrette Blunt for a reason. I kind of want to see him have a carved out role and maybe split carries with the young fella to start out. And then if carry on just proves to be way better then you t- give him the rock 20 times a game. But um, I'm excited to see what he can do. And it does come down to that old line. I don't care how good he is. We got to start making holes and we got to start making it easier for our running backs uh, across the board. So I think that'll be something big to watch in this preseason game. Thing. Yeah, I think, um, you know, just to touch on the game, Blunt's just one of those wily veterans that knows, you know, how to make it through training camp because this is, a, you know, it's such a grind, the NFL season. So he's not going to go out there and, you know, yeah, he's going to try hard. You know, he's going to make sure to prove, us. you know, he, he deserves a spot on the team. But, you know, like you said, he's made, you know, he's made some nice jump cuts simply because, you know, defensive line's been standing in the backfield when, when he's got the ball. But he has, you know, he's you know got a few of those first downs. But he's also been stuffed on a few runs as well. But I think he's one of those guys that just he knows what to do to make it through preseason so his body lasts the whole season. Um, so I'm not too worried about that. But, you know, saying like he's been passed by, I think maybe that's all it is. He's just, you know, for lack of a better term, he's pacing himself. He he knows what it takes where carry on Johnson, you know, he needs to prove himself. So like he needs to go out there and, you know, you know, really prove himself to get the, to, to be able to say like, you know, yeah, I deserve splitting time with LeGarrette Blunt, and, um, you know, not to harp on Amir, but I just think, you know, that fumble Amir had last game was just terrible. You know, it's just one of those things where I think it's, you know, yeah, if he's not traded, you know, he's going to might be that healthy scratch running back if they keep him. See, I, I've i been the, the positive guy in Amir on this uh, podcast throughout, saying he's still got some juice and he's got, looks athletic, but I'm with you. Like, I don't know what even happened. Like, it felt like a good handoff. He didn't even really make a move or have much pressure. He just, like, literally put it on the turf. And, like, to me – that just showed me there's something missing either like this guy doesn't get it or he can't make, you can't be counted on like consistently. Cause I don't see any other mid to top tier running backs, put the ball on the ground like that during a year. Like, I mean, was barely contacted and just, it was a total giveaway in our end too. It wasn't even midfield. I don't think I want to say we were on our 30 yard line or so and giving that ball away. I mean, that loses you games. So yeah, he lost a lot of credit with me, but I still think the guy has – he's made some plays too, and he's hes still worth, you know, being on the team or being trade bait. But, man, you got to protect the football. So, real quick, Grifka, since we're talking about Tampa Bay particularly, like what's a good game for carry on or for this run game against Tampa Bay? Like throw some numbers at me or what would tell you, like, hey, all right, I feel better about this or I'm excited about this run game. In the strict preseason, if – if it's one of those things where he's split in time, I'd like to see him get about 15 carries and, um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe somewhere like around 70 yards, 70, 80 yards, something like that, I think would be good for him. A few catches out of the backfield, you know, you, you know, two, three catches, you know, maybe, you know, 15, 20 yards on receiving, you know, something like that. I, I would be happy with that, especially if, he, if he's split in time. Now, you know what I was thinking about the other day is like, to me, we've heard so much about the stupid, uh, haven't had a hundred yard rusher since, uh, Reginald Bush and way back in the day. Like to me, I'd love to, um, see that go away as soon as possible. Like if it happens against Tampa, if it happens game one against the jets, like I want somebody to stumble into a hundred yards quicker than fast because I'm just so sick of hearing it. But to me, that's not even a great game in the NFL anymore. You know, like 100 yards shouldn't be this huge milestone. Like, we got to start putting that behind us. And I'm with you. Like, you know, to me, 
a, a touchdown or pushing people around is more important than his yardage. But I agree with you, like 50 to 70 yards, a few catches, kind of some workhorse ability. And if he could get in the end zone, I'd really like it. But uh, it's got to happen. You know, we have to see a lot of signs that not only is the pass protection good, but we spent way too much in this run game to just see it be kind of below average again heading into the season. Yeah, I, I, to to just kind of piggyback on your uh, comment about you know like the running back stats, it's just the game's changed so much now. I mean, it, it's one of those things. It just seems like running backs just don't get a hundred yards anymore. You know, it's just like because you don't have that workhorse back anymore that's out there getting you know twenty five, thirty carries a game. You know, feeding you're feeding him the ball. You know, say like an Eddie George or something like that. You know, or Emmett Smith or you know. Yeah, I'm sorry I'm bringing up old names, but it's just, you know, Adrian. That, that's what you do. That's your gimmick. But let me let me break in for a second. Like, I don't agree with you. This is where we kind of have to battle it out again because they are spreading the ball around in the league more. I agree with that point. But there's plenty of running backs out there getting 100, 125, 150 and two touchdowns consistently. Like, I don't, I don't have any numbers in front of me, but you pull up the top 10 running backs in the league, you're going to see their stat sheets say – 80 120 you know 106 like all these different yard that we don't even it's like almost we can't believe it or we think it doesn't happen it happens it just doesn't happen in detroit which is the problem okay right. i mean yeah i mean there's some guys that all head on yards but it just it just doesn't seem like it happens as much as it used to maybe that's one of those things like you always have those memories in your mind's eye it seemed like a m- more guys got you know 100 yards rushing per game and now it seems like the you know, teams pass more to set up the run as opposed to the other way around where people run to set up the pass. But I, I just think that's the way the, the game is nowadays. And, you know, I, 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 like I said, I could be wrong. It just seems like you're right. Maybe it's just because it's not happening in Detroit. You know, I think it's not happening out in Kansas City or San Diego or, you know, out in New England or whatever. But it's just maybe it does happen more. It just seems like it just doesn't happen here because that's all you hear, you know, people harping on how the Lions haven't had, a, you know, a 100-yard rusher and, you know, ever. So I agree with you on all that. And the running game, we've talked about it a bunch on here. Talk to me a little bit about um, defense, Griff. Like, we're going into game three. I really don't feel like I have a sense still. I mean, when I watch, I don't. I mean, three, four, four, three, flexible scheme. Like, we had all that talk before the year. Nothing's really caught my eye about, wow, this is way different or this can be impactful. You know, what's a defense got to do to to make you excited or to kind of think, wow, this is going to be a, a better or an impactful defense because I feel like we got to see some things from this team. In game three, if they make Jameis Winston look like – you know, Hall of Fame material. I'll be, I'll be worried about it because I know me and you have differed on this. We've talked about this. I don't think Jameis Winston's that good a quarterback. I really don't. Um, like I said, I think he just gets a lot of hype. He's, you know, simply, you know, I don't know why. You know, we get a high draft pick and people want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I just don't think he's that good a quarterback. So uh, if they make him look like he's, you know, he belongs to have a you know Boston Canton. Then I'm I'm going to be kind of worried about this defense, even if it's, you know, like I said, oh, it's preseason. It'll turn around. It's just like, come on, we're making like all these, all these slappy quarterbacks look like you know they're just eating us alive. And I don't care if they're learning a new scheme. I mean, it's one of those things. You're pros. There's 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 only so many different schemes you can run. You know, there's there's only so many innovations that can be done. And if you just can't make, if you're just making these quarterbacks look looks awesome. You know, they need to shut them down. They, you know, really, they they need to like, you know, like you said, you know, maybe get to the quarterback more. They need to put the fear of God in an offense because it just doesn't seem like they've done that yet on defense. And um, if they uh, if they come out flat and you know Tampa Bay just goes down and scores early and often, I'll be worried. Yeah, I I'm with you on all that. I I guess like I think. Um... You know, again, we talked on the last show about are they going to show anything, are they not? Like, I think, you know, we need a few splash plays. We need a few things from this team that gets the players excited and gets them feeling. You know, we're going to come out and make make life tough for the New York Jets because – 
Griffka, you gotta love the New York Jets on our schedule that first week. I had somebody telling me like, oh, they've got uh, they got some good players this set, and like I know they've been building up their defense and whatnot, but. I mean, from the offensive side of the ball, even if Sam Darnold or whoever's in there at quarterback, like, I don't feel like they have many skilled players, if any, that scare me. So, you know, I want them fearing our defense when when they come in, and we want to make that real tough on them. So I think, you know, I'm higher than on Winston than you are, but I think this will really test our passing game. So Slay, Tease, um, Nevin Lawson, I heard him in interviews saying how he wanted to play more. He was looking to get out there. So... I think they'll be tested this Thursday or Friday night against Tampa Bay. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm curious to see how the secondary holds up and just want to be solid in the run game. Like they don't even have to do anything super exciting, but just don't get gashed. I feel like when Jim Caldwell was here, we actually, I don't remember too many huge plays in the passing game up over the top that killed us or huge runs, but I feel like we got nickeled and dimed a lot where we just got worked, you know, in the, in the most crucial parts of the game that cost us. But I'd love to see this like run defense come out on Friday and just, you know, keep the runs to a minimum as far as, you know, not allowing first down, you know, like when a team gets like a 12 yard carry on first down, it kind of just, it almost like kills your momentum on defense. Whereas if you come out and get a TFL right off the bat, you get all juiced up. Like I'd like a few plays where they either get the TFL or they just hold up strong in the run game so that they get some confidence and we just know, Hey, we're not going to let people run on us. And then hopefully our corners and safeties are good enough where they're not going to be able to pass on us. I think Patricia said that the other day, he said like his first thing is not to have teams run on you. Well, newsflash, the first two games, they've been gashing us in the run game and have killed us in the passing game to running backs. So I think they need to sure up the run game and then know that their defensive backfield is better where people shouldn't be able to slice and dice us this year based on who we're bringing back and, and what we've added in, in the back end. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, you know, once again, you know, you know, if you can stop the run, put them in, you know, behind the chains, you know, on second down, that's uh that's the biggest thing. I mean, you, second and you know five second and four that's putting your defense in a tough spot so uh if if they can stop the run you know that'll be that'll be huge for the defense then you know they you know like i said you know in the last podcast they they did that early in the game and they had some they had the giants you know way behind on you know third down third and longs and just the pass defense there's no pass rush and you know davis webb is just you know you know, slicing up the pass defense, you know, and getting these long first downs. So for as much as you say stop the run, you know, I'm run on you. But when you do get them behind the sticks like that, and you got third and third and long, you know, third and eight, third and nine, third and ten, you got to be able to get off the field. So and that's either, uh-huh. you know, like you said, showing some of those unique blitzes, you know, having somebody just, you know, go get the quarterback, you know, doing something. But uh, you just can't let those guys stand back there. And, yeah, that's that's almost common knowledge any football fan. You just can't let a quarterback, anybody's good in the pros, just if they can stand back there all day. You can't have your defensive backs cover for, you know, five seconds. So uh, what, what, what have you thought about, like, penalties? I know that's another thing that over the years has killed us. I don't want to get you on a Grifka rant about how we got cheated or how uh, – you know, the penalties always come up and bite us, but ever, ever since Jim Schwartz all the way up through the last few years, it seems like just dumb penalties. And I feel like these first couple of games we've had kind of some stupid penalties or some penalties that have moved chains. Like, what are you thinking? You think we're doing okay there? Or do you think that's going to be a bugaboo this year is just kind of too many penalties again? I'm thinking right now a lot of those penalties, you know, because I have been watching a lot of those uh replay games on the NFL network as well. And it's not just happening to the Lions. It's actually happening to a lot of teams. I think it's just guys, you know, those new guys, those guys are on the fringe trying to make plays to, you know, get something on tape and a good, you know, showing something good for the coach. Like, Hey, that really stood out and it just goes against them. So um, I don't know if it's one of those things when you have more of your core team out there, the penalties will, the penalties will go down, but you're right. Even with Caldwell, it seemed like, we were getting penalized a lot, you know, nine, 10 penalties a game. So, and that was with your core guys. And I just don't know if that was the defense, you know, preaching, be aggressive and we'll hope we don't get caught. And, 
you know, like you said, offensive line, you know, getting holding penalties, you know, if it's just technique or them just not being very good. Um, other than that, it's just I, I just think it's kind of across the board right now. The preseason, there's just a lot of calls, especially with that new helmet rule lowering the head. And I know the NFL just, you know, put out another memo or, you know, saying this is how we're going to call it. You know, it's it's just kind of happening across the board in the preseason. And generally it does. I think it's just guys trying to make plays to get taped to show it's like I belong here. But you know, when they get to the regular season, I mean, the Patriots don't get penalized a lot. And if Matt Patricia's trying to, uh, you know, mirror that organization and how he coaches and that team is coached, they're, you know, they're, they're going to have to really, you know, t- you know, tone down on the penalties. I mean, that's going to be huge for this team. Man. They can't be, you know, giving up yards that way. So, and I don't think Matt Patricia is going to stand for that. Gosh, he doesn't stand for it in practice where a guy like gets, you know, gets a fumble. He's making the guys run a lap. You know, and I, and I know there's probably something in the, you know, the union, you know, with the NFL union saying you can't do that. You know, you can't find us for making penalties. But, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you just can't – It's if this team's going to be a winner, and that might be one of those things that Ricky Jean's talking about. It's just like stuff like that is what kills your team. You know, you know, it really, it really hurts you in, you know, getting a victory. So this team definitely needs to, you know, it needs to be disciplined and it needs to play aggressive, but it needs to play smart where it's not getting those stupid penalties because that has hurt us in the past. And I think Matt Patricia is definitely going to have a uh, disciplined team where he's not going to stand for that. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I feel like they've cropped up a little more than I'd expect, but I, I think over the long haul, like you said, He's going to do what I think he's going to be great at, which is, like you said, he's not going to stand for the stupid penalties, but he's smart enough as a human being and as a tactical coach that he also won't kill him for every little penalty too because stuff happens, you know? Like, you have to have some common sense that there is going to be penalties in the game or it might be a bing-bang play, you know, hey, okay, we'll live with it. I just think I want to stop seeing those third and three, you know, our stupid defensive linemen are out there barking and they jump off sides and give them a first down, you know, or, Oh, I was trying to time the snap count. I mean, how many times we've seen that over the last five years, rather than playing good sound football, staying on side and making them earn it. You know, I think that's going to be, like I said, the other episode about fundamentals, he's going to coach that and we will see that better down the road. So that's something to watch. I mean, they should be crisper here in this third game than they have been, you know, tightening up some of those, procedural things, penalties, all that type of stuff. I mean, uh, to kind of sum it all up, what I'm looking for in this game on Friday, again, I'd love to see the ones come out either in their first two drives and and get not just points, because I remember there's been some preseason and whatnot. They'll come out, hit three passes, look real good, stall out, field goal. No, I want one of these first two drives. I want them move down the field at least like, you know, uh, a 60-yard drive and score a touchdown. And then, you know, for the rest of the game, I just want this team to look more – I'd say more organized because I feel like Matt Pat has got to – he's really pushing them hard in in practice. He isn't given a bunch of excuses, but I'd like to see him really well organized and really – you know, tightened up on just the basic things that make you look like a really good football team that's on the details, schemed out, ready to go. You know, hey, we don't don't you don't need to put us in in week four because we're ready. Yeah, Derek, I'm there with you. You know, once again, just to look clean and uh, like you said, come week four, you know, we're not expecting to see any of those guys. You know, we're not looking for Stafford or Tate or Marvin Jones or you know Ziggy or you know you know guys like that. You know, Glover. When I'm not looking to have those guys have to play in you know week four or preseason game four. You know, just to get comfortable. Yeah, if they look comfortable, ready to go, come week one after this game, that would that would definitely make me sleep better on this team. Yeah. Yep. Uh, right there with you, Griff. Uh, so, you know, that's pretty much all we got on on game three. Again, preseason. We're sort of reaching here for some things for you guys on the Kool Aid Cast. We cannot wait for real football. Like I say, me and Griff Curtis itching again. More details coming soon, but. Um, for all you Kool-Aid drinkers and Detroit Kool-Aid fans out there that are listening or that are going to pick up this podcast, we are definitely going to be out grilling, hanging out all day. 
on for that Monday night game right in front of Comerica Park. We'll just be out there just doing what me and Griff could do, which is soaking up hopefully a sunny day, grilling out food all day, watching people yelling at any Jets fans that come by and totally having a blast. So, um, like I say, more details to come, but we do have some uh, promo cards and some Kool-Aid packets that we'll have on hand if you come and swing by or see our banner. We'll have a little banner out at the tailgate too. So we'd love to meet some people or definitely get the word out about the podcast a little bit more. But Griff, I think I speak for you when I say, man, we cannot wait for that Monday. Hanging out all day, big football game that night. Probably catch the second game downtown somewhere um uh, on that monday and then totally both of us are off uh work on tuesdays totally recouping um just hoping to have a total blast yeah i'm i'm stoked i'm so looking forward to this definitely well uh like i say that pretty much wraps up uh kind of just what we're looking for in this game again pretty general but um you know again can't wait to react to these games that really count and really break this down for you we'll definitely have a lot more specifics and more plays and things to talk about when uh, they're playing real football on sundays and mondays and thursdays and all this great stuff during the lion season so grivka you got a couple minutes we'll talk a little fancy football and, and finish this out for the people yeah i can hang around for a few more minutes <laughs> well, before we dive into it, people, so here's where we're at. Me, always uh, since Grifka, who actually, this is funny, I didn't even think about this. Grifka actually, I think, basically introduced me to fantasy football back in the day. I got my first league with Grifka. He uh, thought I was going to be a bum, and I had my little magazine and had no clue what I was doing, but just picking players that I liked, Wait, taking Michael Vick number one. You're like a slam uh, magazine. You know, by Scoop Jackson, I'm like, dude, this isn't basketball. What are you doing? Hey, don't 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 make me pull up the standings. <laughs> I think I did pretty well, even though I had a no clue. But you got me going, and ever since, like, I'm the fantasy football nerd and do it at a super high and and crazy level. And you've uh, you faded out on me a little bit. We're gonna talk uh, about just some players in general, or what I'm thinking I'm gonna do too is kind of pull up. Uh, let me pull up the Lions schedule here, and maybe we'll kind of w- walk through some of the fancy football people that they got to watch out for this year as we already kind of talked about the schedule so that first game Grifka, we're looking at the jets so when i think about the jets and fantasy football i'm thinking about uh do they play the rookie or do they not i say they just run sam darnold out there i think he could be a good fantasy quarterback um you know don't even get me and you started on our uh our talk last year where i uh, loved terrell Pryor and he was a complete bum he had a bad ankle though and uh, yeah. he's back this year for the Jets, and uh, they don't really have much running game. Anybody uh, there for the Jets, or do you see anybody on the Lions really making a fantasy splash there in week one? I mean, if I had to, like, pick somebody from the Jets, it'd be, like, just that team defense. I mean, they got a decent defense. Yeah. Nobody on offense scares me. The Lions, you know, going into week one, like I said, they got a, they got a pretty good, decent, you know, defense. But still, I think it's one of those defenses where uh, – the Lions can pass on him. So I'd be looking for like, maybe like Marvin Jones to have a good game. Um, and I know they're going to try to, you know, uh, you know, you know, feed the ball running. So maybe near the goal line, they get down the goal line, you know, LeGarrette Blunt, maybe a touchdown or two, just a couple shorty, short uh, touchdowns there. That's what I'd be looking for. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, they do have a tough front. That'll be a good test for our O-line because the, the Jets do one thing good. They have some good rushers up front. Hopefully we can keep Stafford clean, let him throw it around a little bit. Um, kind of looking at week two, so we got San Francisco. Again, to me, that's a West Coast game where the weather should be good. I love to sling it around out there, too. I'd love to see my boy Kenny Galladay in one of these first two games kind of go off. But, um, you know, little running backs and explosive backs have sometimes given Lions trouble. So we'll, we'll, we'll see if Jarek McKinnon can make plays and, um, you know, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, will he uh, be able to slice and dice the Lions or will they uh, be able to hold him off from a fantasy perspective? I'm really hoping they hold him off because once again, I'm not really sold on the offensive weapons that uh, the San Francisco 49ers have. So, uh, once again, I'm, I'm hoping that the Lions team defense comes up big that game, even though you know how I feel about West Coast starts you know, for uh, East Coast teams going West. Um, and like you said, on offense, once again, it's one of those things, like you said, Kenny G maybe you know have it, having a game, one of those games where he has a couple touchdowns. Even Golden Tate, I don't think the 49ers defense is all that good, especially you know their depth at, uh, at cornerback. So having the nickel cornerback out there, I, I think uh, Golden Tate might have a good game there. 
and then you know once again near the goal line you know might be you know like say you know i'm not just trying to pick guys to pick guys but once again you know down down near the goal line might be another one of those things where uh, Legarrette Blunt gets it. Yeah, what's what's your overall take on Tom Brady from fantasy this year? The guy is forty one, I believe. Uh, like, can he still get it done at a super high level? I know we're both kind of general fans as being, you know, uh, Michigan fans, and just you know he's obviously been productive his whole career. But is there a fall off coming for this guy, or is he just going to be incredible again? I mean, you you're supposed to be at some point. That's what seems to happen, but. I, Tom Brady makes average wide receivers look good, you know, so now I'm expecting him to have another great year. And I think Belichick, he seems to always own all of his understudies. So I'm thinking that uh, Tom Brady has another good game. Yeah. Um, let's jump around here a little bit. Like, uh, you know, our nemesis in the division, all this talk about Aaron Rodgers' contract, oh, we'll get it done. He's going to ink up long-term. Like, Aaron Rodgers is like the top of the top when it comes to fantasy football, even though quarterbacks are, are devalued a lot of times. Like, does this guy have the skill players outside to do what he normally does, or is he going to feel the loss of some of these receivers? Or he doesn't have many really good playmakers across the board, just a bunch of, like, wild card young guys, in my opinion. Like, what do you think about the Green Bay playmakers or Aaron Rodgers this year from uh, fantasy? From everything I've actually read on it, he loves Devontae Adams. I don't know how good a wide receiver Devontae Adams really is. He seems to uh... – I mean, I, I always thought it was kind of average myself, but I know they keep talking about what, uh, what Jimmy Graham, you know, down, yeah. you know, he's supposed to be the unstoppable force down, you know, down near the red zone. So all I can say is Jimmy Graham, he seems to have really fallen off since he left, uh, since he left New Orleans and maybe he has a resurgence since he has a quarterback, you know, and, and Aaron Rodgers. And don't get me wrong. I don't think Russell Wilson by any stretch of imagination is a bad quarterback. Maybe he just didn't fit in that offensive scheme out in Seattle, but, uh, <laughs> But, you know, everything I keep reading about, you know, Jimmy Graham, is he supposed to be, you know, this unstoppable force in the red zone? So that might be the guy, and we all know how well the Lions cover tight ends. That might be the guy you have to watch for, you know, when the Lions play the Packers both games. Yeah, I was about to beat you up on that because Jimmy Graham's had Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, and now uh, Aaron Rodgers. Not too bad for three quarterbacks. But uh, he, he does put the ball in the paint, and, like, to me – that's going to be a real test, not only for Jimmy Graham, but for the Lions, because we've got killed by the tight end. And if there's anybody that's going to kill us, it's going to be a guy like Jimmy Graham, score like two or three touchdowns and just have a shake in our head after the game going, why the heck can't we still cover a tight end to save our life? So I think that's a good point by you. But I think these other guys on the outside aren't going to be that explosive. Their running game will kind of be mid mid-level. So I'm not too too worried you know but Aaron Rodgers always does make players a lot better and and you know Griff kind of like every fantasy team there's like that spot at the very bottom of the roster that says IR yeah yeah I wouldn't mind Aaron Rodgers filling in that slot at some point during the year that that wouldn't be bad yeah. uh wouldn't mind seeing him seeing him there I, uh, say the least I always love you know things like you want to beat this team at its best I don't. I don't care how they beat them as long as they beat them. I don't care. Exactly. I don't care if they have like yeah. a, a peewee team out there. As long as they get the W, I don't care who's playing for them. You know. Exactly. Like we like people say. Well, you can't root for injuries, but like there's not been one time where a really good player, especially in our division, goes down. And I don't think like, oh man, good for the Lions. Or hopefully we can capitalize on that. Like yeah. that might sound bad, but it's the honest truth, man. We. I'm sure they're not crying us a river when some of our top stars are going down. So uh, injuries are part of the game and they really not only make and break your fantasy team but can make and break your nfl season too so that's going to be super important uh again let's hit on a few other guys just looking at the schedule man we we got russell wilson that we got to play we got cam newton um you know again quarterbacks aren't that skilled and or uh, highly valued in fantasy football but like, who are some players maybe uh, from either our division rivals that you think might be real tough to handle this year from fantasy perspective? Uh, uh, fantasy perspective. Um, our division, Dalvin Cook. Um, I think, you know. You think, you think he'll be fine off the injury? Yeah, yeah. And that's I think that's just a tough team, you know. He does look like a beast. I saw a couple of interviews from him. And he has, like, no doubt in the world that his knee's ready and that he's can just be the every-down guy. So he does scare me because yeah. he looks silky smooth before he went down. And um, the guy I, I would uh, say is uh, 
the running back was, I think, Tariq Cohen from Chicago Bears. That's one mm-hmm. guy you'd really want to watch for. But he thinks all oh, the Bears suck. Mitch Trubisky, you know. Yeah, they got, you know, they you know they got Robinson at wide receiver now and you know everybody thinks the bears are terrible but uh, that running those running backs in in Chicago I mean those are those are guys you really need to watch for so but I think the better of the two is going to be Tariq Cohen might be one of those you know everybody think oh he's a sleeper but I don't think he's that much of a sleeper so that would be another running back in the division you really want to watch for um other teams that they got to play that you like you said that you might have to watch for um it sounds stupid but uh some guy, I, you know, I just, you know, was it that, I can't remember his name, a guy from the wide region, Cole Beasley. I hate that guy. And for some odd reason, I do. I hate that guy. It's just he's one of those guys, I, sh- he's, I should love him because he plays hard, and he makes the catches, but I think that's why I hate him because he's one of those yeah. guys like, how is this guy on the team? And it seems like guys <laughs> like that just always kind of like, kill the lions you know not to harp on same old lions but it's always one of those wide receivers you don't expect to do anything comes out and has like you know seven catches for 90 yards and two touchdowns seems something like cole beasley would do to us so that's just that's just <laughs> yeah. stupid we might have to watch for that and then you know another guy you really want to watch for i know it's not anybody under the radar but you know chris uh, uh christian mccaffrey when they play uh when they play the panthers that that guy's mm-hmm. gonna be dangerous this year um, I'm thinking that you know he's just going to be he's just going to be tough to stop. I mean, I'm sure I don't know if a lot of people have seen that highlight that uh, NFL Network's been showing in the last game, you know, that last preseason game where he busted off that that long touchdown run and he was running away from guys. And it's not like you know he was beating pursuit angles. That guy's just dangerous. That's just another guy you're going to you know when the Lions play him. I don't know how they're going to scheme for him because that I think that guy's just going to have a great year. Yeah, man, you're bringing up some great names, and the fun part is, like, we've already talked about it in other episodes about, like, how we, it's hard to cover in the middle. Like, to me, McCaffrey is such a matchup nightmare for the Lions team. Like, I don't even know who other than, like, you're going to just have to hope and pray that Reeves Maven can keep up with him because I don't see any other linebackers that have any kind of cover skills. I mean, if we have to rely on Kilbrew not only making the team but having a deal with a guy like Christian McCaffrey, we're in trouble. So that's uh, that's definitely a good name to bring up. What do you think about the, uh, the crazy Rams team? Like, they blew up last year. They got Todd Gurley. They brought in Brandon Cooks. Those are, those are, like, big names when it comes to fantasy, and they put up good stats the last couple of years. But – to me, I'm curious if that team is going to be incredible or if they're going to be like, remember that Eagles team probably five, six years ago oh. that put all these top people dream, together dream and they were terrible? Dream team. Yeah, and they were garbage. So, like, I, I mean, I'm leaning towards that the Rams are going to be hard to handle because of their head coach uh, and just all the fantasy talent they have out there for the Lions, but – I mean, I'm looking for Todd Gurley to be a beast again. Like, remember when there was all that talk about him dropping to the Lions and then they, you know, were picking in the 20s and then he got snagged up at number 10. It's like, oh, is, will his knee be okay? I mean, I knew that guy was an absolute stud, you know, from day one, you know, and then he just had that one down year and everybody quit on him. So I think that's going to be another tough one. Man, Grifko, looking at the schedule, like when we're talking fantasy football, I mean, I know we did the season predictions and we're we're drinking the Kool-Aid and think that our team is going to be putting up some dubs, but we definitely have some offensive players to deal with this year, not only from the quarterbacks we got to play, but the um, we do have some people on the outside or these little scat backs that are going to be hard to deal with. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's just, uh, you, I mean, you brought up the Rams. I want to touch base on those guys really quick. Um, like you said, Todd Gurley, that guy's, that guy's a beast, Brandon Cooks. You know, he's, he's really good. And, um, you know, Jared Goff, you know, he's, he's actually done a lot better than what I thought he would. Do I think that team's going to be tough yet? Yeah, yeah, I do. And I know they added a lot of names on defense, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they got Dominic and Sue and they're, they're working the Aaron Donald thing, but everybody's like, Oh, they brought new was it uh, Peters at defensive back and they keep Deleeb at defensive back. I mean, to be honest with you, I think those two defensive backs are head cases. It's one of those things like, you can get yeah. you can get in their head, man. They're going to commit some penalties. They they did in Denver. They did in Kansas City. I mean, that's one of those things. And this game's at home. I mean, a home crowd, and it's going to be one of those things. Like, and I know we harped on it. It's a one o'clock start, West Coast team, and you laugh at me for that stat. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. Like, I think you know, Tom and Sue, he's going to want to come in and de- you know dominate Detroit. And it's all things Lions fans get mad about. Like, oh, look at all the penalties. I could see him having a couple dumb penalties that that really affects them. 
You know, it's just like, yeah. and, and I could see that out of, out of the, like those defensive backs they got. I, I could really see that. And um, so you're right. You know, yeah, we got to worry about Brandon Cooks and Todd Gurley in that game and Jared Goff in that game. But I think you could score some points on that defense as well. You know, so it might be what one of those shootout what games. Yeah. Like you say, we, we, we've definitely hashed over what we think will happen. Like, tell the people, Grifka, who was the first guy to call you up and say, hey, we, we might want to think about Cooper Cup. Uh, he, he's a crazy good route runner and uh, can help move the chains for the Lions. You might want to look at him in the second, third round. Who, who, who made that call? I think it was my our buddy Chuck actually called. No, I'm just kidding, man. It was you. And I remember, uh, I, was remember I was just like, I don't know about him. He played at Eastern Washington. We all know the skill <laughs> level. They play on that red field, yeah. and it's tough to watch a game there. And, and yeah, you're right. I mean, you were about him. You were all about him. Yeah. Yeah, I think he'll be like – he's a guy, too, like you said, with the Cole Beasley's, like his lines trouble. This was real precise, hardworking route runners that even if Tease and Nevin are playing good football, like they just don't match up well against those kind of guys because they just get – they get worked in open space, you know, like I feel like those guys can cover those, those seam balls. But when you got a guy like Cooper cup or I'm trying to look over the roster, like I thought you had a good point about Cohen. Those guys are going to be trouble when it comes both to racking up fantasy points or just being tough to tough to cover. Like, you know, the lions have okay time with bigger receivers. I feel, but these little quick guys have always just kill us or the running backs, like you say, that can catch out of the backfield. It's like, man, we've remember Matt Forte, how he would kill us every year. Yeah, he would always like, catch that like 60 yard ball and house it on us. Yeah, it wasn't, like, oh, it wasn't even again. that. He'd catch the ball out in the flat for like five yeah. yards and like, boom, he would just be gone and bust off a 60 yarder. It's just like, you gotta be kidding me. It's just like, he did that all the time. And I think one game he actually did it twice. You know, just like, gosh, man, something yeah. cover him. Exactly. So hopefully we can uh, wrap those up. So like without without going too much longer, Grifka, I mean, I know you're fading out a little bit on the fantasy football. Like I said, I'm not going to totally nerd out right here and and run down everything. But we tried just to tie it in a little bit with the Lions schedule, maybe some players they got to look out for. Like just again, looking at the schedule, like I feel this is going to be a down year for Shady McCoy. I don't see him doing what he's done. Um, You know, I'm higher on Dallas. I think we've talked about before. I think Dak Prescott's going to go Matt Stafford this year where he doesn't have these top receivers per se, but he has a bunch of hardworking, good athletes. So I think he's going to be better than advertised. And uh, the Cardinals, like, I'm curious to see what David Johnson does from a fantasy perspective. I think I only have him in like one of my leagues, but I'm not sold. I feel like he's either going to be really incredible again or a guy that like had a flash and got everybody excited and then isn't really a top flight NFL back, maybe like that second tier down. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, division is going to be tough, you know, from a fantasy perspective and uh, just some other names that I've have in a lot of my leagues this year. If people want to look out for them, like I've been telling anybody that will listen. I think Joe Mixon will be a top five, top eight running back in the whole game after the season's over. Like I have Kenny Galladay in a few leagues. I feel like if given the chance, this guy could totally blow up and catch a lot of people off guard. Um, I have a lot of lower tier guys like Tyler Lockett for Seattle. I like him as a breakout this year. Um, Devonte Freeman is my guy down in Atlanta. Like I think everybody forgot how incredible he is because he was a little dinged up last year and uh, he can bounce back. So those are just some names off the top of my head that I think uh, just thrown out there on the podcast to look out guys. You can get a good values and guys that could really outperform maybe what people are thinking. So, um, and quarterbacks, I love Deshaun Watson. Like I know he had a small sample set, but I think this guy has, Every skill you look for in a new age NFL quarterback, he's going to be hard to deal with. Him and DeAndre Hopkins are, are a crazy combo out there in Houston. That's good stuff, man. I'll remember that when I go into my draft and I end up taking, you know, uh, some, you know, fourth wide receiver from the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm like, oh, damn, why did I take him? Should have asked Derek first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I'm. We'll try to sprinkle it in. Like I say, it's something I really enjoy. But uh, you know, with you not being as into it, we'll, we'll still try to give the people a little fantasy react from here and there. But we thought, hey, a lot of people are heading into their drafts this weekend, and you know, fantasy football to me has really changed the game, the NFL game. Like every game to me now is exciting because I got a player either on. Uh, 
offense, defense. I started doing these crazy deep leagues. Now I'm in a couple 32 team leagues, which you really got to dig for players there and just makes every NFL game that much more exciting. So hopefully people are having some fun out there. And man, um, when we're talking lions, we've got Marvin and Theo and GT and Galladay and Stafford and, uh, you know, uh, I'm even looking for Mike Roberts as a deep sleeper at tight end. So we've got skill players when you're just talking offensive fantasy people that to be excited about. So that always makes it fun to watch the games regardless. And uh, hope everybody out there like tears it up. You can obviously send us a message at uh, det kool at Gmail if you want. To, you know, I don't know if Griff will get back to you, but I definitely give you some uh other sleepers and people to look for, but uh, definitely have fun with your fantasy teams this year. And hopefully the lions will be racking up those points left and right. So Grifka to close us out, what you got? Let's uh, hope uh, preseason game three is a lot better than the first two. And uh, everybody keep drinking that Kool-Aid, man. It's going to be a good year. Definitely drinking in, man. And we got, uh, we definitely want to stay healthy. Again, that's the first thing. I know we've been ragging pretty hard, but stay healthy. Um, go out there and make a few plays. Get out of the game. And let's start getting geared up for the New York Jets. Monday night football, opening the season at Ford Field. Are you kidding me? Let's go. Yeah, hype for this, man. We'll be there. Looking forward to it. Absolutely, man. So everybody, Kool-Aid cast, thanks for listening. Uh, We'll catch you back here soon with a kind of recap of this game three. And uh, we won't be talking too much about game four of the preseason, but we may dive right into the Jets, start really breaking them down. And, uh, man, when we get to do Kool-Aid casts on real football and leading up to the games and players being added, injured traded i mean this is gonna be a great season so can't wait Griffka. i know you feel the same everybody stay tuned in here with the detroit kool-aid cast hit that subscribe button tell a friend and we'll be back at you soon so we'll check you later Drink it in, man.